Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You have tuned in to America's Home for Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Hope your December is coming together. Christmas stuff coming into, falling into place and all of that. And it's good to be here. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Questions, comments, feedback, thoughts, opinions, adoration, and praise. All accepted there. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. I want to start the program by just really quickly acknowledging um, and, and remembering former senator, former U.S. presidential Candidate, Republican nominee for President of the United States, 1996. And that would be Senator Bob Dole, uh, who passed away yesterday at the age of 98. And, you know, I, it's, it's appropriate and good. Uh, you and I saw Trump said some good things about uh, Senator Dole yesterday and that's a that's a good thing i mean unfortunately i i'm reminded because of course this year also marked the passing of the great rush limbaugh and i'm reminded of how indecent and uh, just awful people people can be that way both sides but there's a definite rabid side to the radical lunatic godless left who basically celebrated the death of Rush and so forth. And that's it's, it's unfortunate. No matter who, by the way, who it is, it's nice to be able to recognize um, someone's contribution and uh, just you know their role, their life, um, especially when it's someone that most people know. A lot of Younger listeners may not necessarily know who Bob Dole is. I don't mean that in some insulting way. If you follow studied politics and you knew he was a president for, or excuse me, candidate for president of the United States, then that's a different thing. But he was actually the first, uh, that was the first election that I could vote in in the uh, fall of 1996. That would have been uh, my freshman year at Butler University. And is that right? Yeah. That's the year I graduated high school. And so I was able to vote in both the primary election and in the general election in 1996. And Bob Dole was the first the first vote I cast for president of the United States. Um, he was the Republican nominee, of course, up against Bill Clinton after Clinton won in 1992 against the incumbent George H.W. Bush. But... I just want to take a moment to recognize and to, you know, to to, to honor. Um, you know, it, I, it's it's not a time to you know overly criticize and 
whatever. Just th- those opinions, I think, we can talk about ideas. But this is um, the loss of, some, of, of, of somebody's, you know, father, grandfather. Um, and I think more of this needs to be. I, I just I think that we could go a long way just by being respectful in times in times like this. So I just wanted to acknowledge that off the top. If anybody uh, had not yet heard that Bob Dole had passed yesterday, and you know he was a, a, a distinguished man, um, you know a, a war hero, um, someone that was uh, dignified and. Uh, respectable in his behavior and policies and, and thinking and so forth. And so um, he passed away this uh, this weekend, and I just want to acknowledge that off of the top. So I also want to, for those of you that listened to this program last week, which if you didn't, I cannot for the life of me understand why, but um, – you would have heard me at the very end, I think it was Friday, I think it was Friday that I did this, uh, mention that there was an article in Breitbart, and I don't have the article pulled up in front of me, but basically it said 80, 8, 80, 8, 0, 80 Republicans voted with Democrats in the House to pass a bill that was um, designed to create or that would have given uh, the federal government the ability to create a federal vaccine database. And if you go back and you can listen to the program, I I mentioned it at the end, and I said, look, there are people here, in particular Jim Banks, a congressman from uh, from the state of Indiana, and I have a lot of respect for him. But I'm reading Breitbart, and there's people, and there's other Republicans that are out there saying that this particular piece of legislation is going to fund a vaccine a federal vaccine database which of course perks up my ears and I said at the time I said you know I don't know I would like to hear from people especially Jim Banks uh, or others I'm not, I wasn't limiting limiting it just to him I just I have a lot of respect for him I think he's a principled conservative and when I saw that he had voted for this I was just uh, you know, you can see it both ways. My, you know, you could see Republicans caving, certain Republicans, or justifying certain things that would, you know, maybe it took a series of inferences or uh, just logical thought to get to the point to where you can say, oh, I can see why that would lead to that. So sometimes Republicans may not, you know, may vote for something and not necessarily understand the ramifications or any, not just Republicans, anybody can do that, the law of unintended consequences. That's a possibility. Or it's possible that other individuals were misrepresenting what the actual vote was. And so I I acknowledge that I wasn't sure what the actual deal was, uh, but I at least I thought it was worth noting because it was such a... Uh, given where we are with everything, with, you know the forcing vaccine mandates and um, you know the the emergence of omicron and all this you know just banter i i'm actually reading a book now i say reading a book um, i actually spend most of my time listening to books just because of my schedule but i'm reading a book listening to a book um, on audible 
written by Scott Atlas. Title of the book is A Plague Upon Our House. Subheading or whatever, subtitle, My Fight at the Trump White House to Stop COVID from Destroying America. I am, um, well, about 45 minutes into this sucker, still in Chapter 1. It's a long book, um, but that's that's out there as well. The point is there's all this stuff still with COVID. we got the Supreme Court hearing um, on abortion, which we'll see where that ends up. We've got all the stuff going on with the Biden administration. We've got an election year right here before us. We're about to move into that year. Republicans think they're in a good position. I think Republicans are in a good position. The left is destroying everything they touch. So there's lots of lots of things vying for our attention, but you know, we're not out of the woods with the way and I'm going to specifically with COVID in general, but specifically with the way that the government is handling COVID and what they have used, um, what they have, the opportunities they have seized to effectively do what they want to uh, circumvent the rule of law and, and, and basically insert their own decrees and edicts and, and dictates these governors and so forth. So all that stuff going on, I mentioned it in, in passing on, on Friday uh, because I wanted you to at least be aware of it. So my wife sent me a response from Representative uh, Dan Crenshaw. This was a social media response. But Representative Dan Crenshaw from Texas um, actually said, "This is not. This is misrepresenting the bill." So I'm going to play this. I think it's about 90 seconds. I'm not positive on that, but I'm going to play this. Just in fairness. Since I brought it up on Friday and said to keep your eyes on this and we'll let you know if anything else happens, this is the anything else. So I feel like I need to share this with you and um, let the side. He's one of the 80, the 8-0 Republicans that voted for this. Okay, real talk. Time to debunk some lies, some lies from our own side this time. So this one's about the vaccine database that you keep hearing about. Like that's what got voted on in Congress and people are mad because some Republicans voted for it, some didn't. All right, here's the truth on it. Every Republican up here, by the way, knows that that particular bill, which was Republican-led, actually makes it harder to track vaccine information on the individual level. It actually decreases the amount of money that was originally allocated for these systems by the Biden administration. So let's back up. Let me tell you the full story. There are something called immunization information systems uh, at every state. These have long existed. In the American Rescue Plan, passed entirely by Democrats, no Republicans voted for it, they added about $500 million to that system and told states to, quote, make them better, right? They didn't put any guardrails, they didn't put any details, they just said make them better. Now, this worried Republicans because we're worried about these authoritarian blue state governors that indeed do want to track your data and and do want to employ vaccine mandates and passports and the such. And so there was a Republican-led effort for this exact provision to decrease the funding for it and ensure that if states take that money, they have to make the data anonymous and only collect it at the population level so that you can't be tracked. So the Republicans screaming about this bill saying it's bad, it's it does the exact opposite of what they're saying. And they know that, but they also don't like explaining votes to you. That's the truth. Okay, so Crenshaw is out there saying that it's actually the opposite of what you've been told, of what we referenced in that article on, from Breitbart on 
on Friday and what some of these other Republican Congress uh, Congress folks have Congress people have been saying. So they actually are saying that hey, um, the original law gave more money to this. Again, I'm summarizing Crenshaw here. I'm saying what he's saying, and and uh, I'm just repeating what he's saying. I'm not saying I know this definitively. I'm just since I brought it up Friday, I'm giving you the other side of the the coin here. And he says, look, this actually limits it. Um, it gives more or it gives less money uh, for the implementation of this, and it actually limits the power because it keeps uh, the data that is collected anonymous. Now, I did notice that as I was reading um, about this, that there was it appeared to be anonymous data that was being collected. But as with anything else, you can look at that two ways. You can you can say. You know, the anonymous collection of data protects people's individual data. You know, you could say the metadata, if you will. It provides protection from your specific data. You're just put into some number for statistics or what have you so that they can manage uh, whatever it is, medicines or treatments or whatever, you know, vaccines, I guess, um, through the program just based upon general statistics against, say, U.S. Census data or whatever. You could also make the argument that um, anytime data is collected, it provides for an opportunity to uh, for that to be abused and for individual data to be taken and to be shared and for individuals to be tracked. Now, Crenshaw is taking the position that this actually gives more protection to liberty. Um, other Republicans are saying the opposite. Crenshaw is saying that they are... Um, effectively lying to the American people. I mean, I, I don't know. All I, I, I have questions, though. I, anytime, I see Jim Banks vote for this, so that makes me think that there's good reason to vote for this. But then I also saw um, that the Democrats joined in. So that makes me very skeptical because I think, do they see this as a way to, I don't know, take advantage of a situation, um, manipulate things, or get their foot in the door to make something something worse. Crenshaw says it was already there, the original bill. This actually pulls it back, gives it less funding. I'll take him at his, at his word here. Um, at least I believe that's what he thinks this thing does. But again, we're dealing with some nefarious people uh, in the, um, well, in the deep state, if you want to call it that, or just in just in the bureaucracy, if you don't want to use the term deep state, if that sounds too uh, conspiratorial for you, that's okay. You can say the words uh, just in the bureaucratic state that can create uh, a lot of problems and headaches and difficulties as well. So that being said, I just wanted to do that off the top today because I promised you that I would update you on that if something changed and I wanted to uh, to, to recognize uh, the passing of Bob Dole, someone who was – um, you know, had been in the Republican Party in positions of leadership, influential for a long time, uh, even at one point being the party's nominee for president of the United States is passing this weekend. I thought we should recognize that off the top as well, but we've got to take a break. When we come back, I want to shift gears and get into some other things. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. back 
my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by Smalling Masonry. You know, here we are getting into the colder months. Winter, what did they say? Meteorological winter is December through February. I know winter doesn't start until, what, December 21st or, man, uh, if it wasn't for Christmas, I don't know how you get through these days where the sun's up about 45 minutes, but, but winter's upon us, like it or not, and if you have a chimney, a fireplace, you need to make sure that you keep your family safe. There's a lot of chimney fires that can do a lot of damage. Having them cleaned is one way to prevent that. You should consider, if you have a chimney, consider reaching out to our friends at Smalling Masonry, smallingmasonry.com. You can also call them 317-903-8121, 317-903-8121. They did our chimney last year. They would have done it this year too, except we moved and we don't have a fireplace now. So, but we did in the past. Gary's a great guy building a, uh, you know, just a, a great, great service, great business, smallingmasonry.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them you heard about them on the Todd Huff Show. So I, um, a couple things I want to make sure I get to here. One of the things, you know what, I'm going to jump ahead. I got jotted down some things I wanted to make sure I, I got to today. Did you hear the Biden administration's celebration, if you will, regarding the... Dry, the the prices of gas, the price of gas, dropping two and a half cents or two cents or some such thing. I mean, it's remarkable. I don't know if you've seen the chart. Uh, the Democratic, what is it, the uh, Democratic National Committee or what have you? They um last I was it Friday sent out some communication that basically said, hey, you know, gas prices are coming down. And to make it even appear like they were coming down, which they, they came down two cents, I think is what it was. But to make it appear as such on a graph, they had to blow the graph up so much. I think the lines on the graph were like uh, basically like tenth of a cent or maybe even fifth of a, of a cent. That's where the lines were to make it. That's how big they had to blow it up to make it obvious that the prices were were coming down or at least coming down enough to where they could justify taking some credit for this. Which, of course, I find this interesting because they told us, they've, they've told us that Biden is not, um, has nothing to do with the prices going up, but yet he apparently has something to do with the prices coming down. So they were out there bragging about this, bragging about this last week, about how Biden has helped bring the price of gas down two cents. I mean, it, it's it's remarkable. Here it is. This is a story. Um, actually, this is on Bongino.com. Democrats mocked after bragging about gas prices going down two <laughs> two cents. I I just I can't even I can't even wrap my head around around this. The the D at DCC is the Twitter handle, and it's got a chart here. I'm going to tell you how, let's see how big these graphs are, how big the uh, the jumps are. Yeah, I'm not making this up. So at the top of the graph, 
it's got three dollars and forty one and a half cents. The next line is three dollars and forty one cents even. So it's half cent increments. I was a little bit off when I said tenth of a cent or whatever I said. And even then, it's not a sharp. <laughs> it's still not a sharp decline. When you look at this graph and you see it went from three forty to three thirty eight. 340 to 338. They apparently think this is wonderful and great and that they're doing something for the American people, which, I mean, on one hand, I'm happy it's going down um, personally than it is uh, than it is going up. But, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I, I have to... It, it's remarkably idiotic. The Republican, RSC, Republican Study Twitter account, tweeted something out that showed um, the number of firings uh, DCC staff that are fired each day, and they did a similar chart that went from zero to one, but they put in a quarter of a person line, so it looks like it's going straight up. People had fun with this. But, you know, it's the Democrat Party, today's Democrat Party, and I understand that there is spin. Spin is a reality, a fact of life. You, whoever's in charge is going to try to make something look as good as they possibly can. Or whatever they're – whatever. Let me, let me say this. Whatever they are trying to implement or do, um, they're going to try to spin it in their favor as, as much as possible. I, that's understandable to me. But spin can only go so far. Spin can only take you so far before you say that's not just looking at it optimistically. That is literally making stuff up. And I was actually asked a question um, at church yesterday um, by someone who listens to this program, and we were chatting for a little bit. Now, I actually want to talk about the question um, next segment because the answer, my answer to this question is actually rooted in part um, to – what is what's being done with this particular graph? I mean, you can you can say Todd, that's insignificant, but I would say it's actually very. Um, it, it can teach us a lot. It's very instructive on who, how they go about the Democrat Party, the radical left goes about trying to manipulate um, both the people in its party and the. You know, just American, um, the, the American voter in general. There's a lot of deceit. It's it's not just spin. Spin we have to deal with, right? Um, you have to be able to explain something or yeah, you know, any anything that happens can be used. Uh, we can choose to look at it as a way to get better or as a sign that we're doing something wrong. And perspective plays into this and we have to allow for you know for parties to go about trying to explain why something that appears bad is actually good why something that is good actually is bad or what have you there has to be an ability to an opportunity to explain it even to spin it but there's a limit to spin right i spin spin has a negative connotation because there's this notion that it's not the truth and i would grant you that that is the case oftentimes that the talking heads, the Jinsakis of the world, they go well past trying to present something um, from the best possible way to concocting some sort of argument that literally just fabricates a whole narrative that has nothing to do with reality. 
And this is where I think the left is, I hate to say gifted, because gifted implies that there's a gift giver, which means being a Christian implies that God gave you the gift. I don't think, I don't look at it that way. I don't think that it's a gift to be able to manipulate. Um, But they have, I don't even want to call it a skill, they have this ability. I I don't know what the word is, but they have it. Um, Which is interesting because Nancy Pelosi, she wants you to believe, remember a couple years ago she said the reason that, and they're even doing this now with Build Back Better agenda, the reason people are against this is because they just don't understand. That's why Jen Psaki is, is chastising the media. You need to tell people what's in this Build Back Better agenda because they're going to love it. The reason they don't love it is because you guys haven't told them what's in it. So it's a messaging problem. It's it's not that they're doing things that are contrary to the what the American people want. And this is what they're telling us. I think it's absolutely because they're doing things the American people don't want. And they're trying to spin and to deceive us as to what what's actually being done. Instead of the other, they want you to believe that, hey, we're doing what you really want. You just don't understand because we have, you know, people out here aren't really telling you the truth. They're telling you something is bad or they're not explaining to you how wonderful it is um, because because whatever they they are being lazy um, they don't want you to uh, see the beautiful work that Biden administration is doing I mean whatever argument they come up with so this is again um, you think about the thinking of somebody who decides to brag about a two cent increase or decrease i should say in the price i guess i wouldn't put it past biden to to brag about the increase in the price of gas he went as far as to say uh, to to say that the job numbers were good even though they were depressing in the sense of where they should be i mean there's nothing going well for this administration the mask is coming off more and more people know it 20% of americans excuse me 20% of biden voters According to a was a Zogby survey said that they regret their vote for Biden, folks. That's 16 million votes if you believe the numbers we've been given. I'm just telling you, 16 million votes of 16 million people have have openly said, "I regret voting for Biden." This is an unmitigated disaster of all levels, and it's there for everybody to see. So it's kind of with that I wanted to wrap up that part of the conversation. But when we get back, I want to share. A question and just uh, that I got from a listener yesterday in person named Raymond, and I want to talk about my answer because it's kind of a spinoff of what we just talked about. So that said, quick timeout. Back here in just a minute. back my friends so i want to share with you a question i got yesterday uh, at church from um a listener named lame uh, named raymond and we were talking about a couple of things and during our conversation i'm going to give a paraphrase of the answer because that are the question because i don't have the uh, have it written i didn't have it written down He, he spoke it to me and he said some variation of how do you stay so optimistic and positive uh, when they're doing what they're doing, they being the Democrats, they being the radical left? And um, I think this is important because I do think that one of the things that 
the left counts on. Um, and I, I would even say, well, I would even say with COVID resistance, uh, when it comes to vaccine, I don't want to say COVID resistance, that, but the va- resistance of the vaccine. I think that one of the things that the lovers of big government do is they rely upon wearing us down. And I think that having having an ability to not be impacted by that is is critically important because you know I have I have friends um, and some of you uh, some of you who listen as well or you you may have uh, difficulties maybe from time to time and I don't want to say that I've never had this but you know you you hear so many things so many bad things are, are going on and um, you know, some folks stop, you know, just tune everything out. They just say, I don't want to know what's going on. I'm just going to live my life. Whatever will be, will be. That's a bad thing to do. I mean, I'm not saying people can't temporarily do that, but you can't, we can't just check out. I mean, this is a government of by and for the people. And if all the people who want to see truth and a return to constitutional conservative values and principles and how this nation was founded if all those folks withdraw that's only going to ensure that things get that things get worse why i can stay optimistic is that i this may sound hokey i don't i guess a couple reasons number one number one my my faith in god um gives gives me that assurance because even when things go to uh, go to proverbial hell in a handbasket I still know that God is in control. Now saying God is in control doesn't mean that bad things won't happen. God allows bad things to happen this side of heaven. He will right all wrongs just not necessarily in this at this time on this side of heaven. Um and and in this in this world um, so that, of course, is foundational, I guess. But the other thing is, I believe I do. I really do. At the sake, uh, at the risk of sounding, what's the word? Uh, just a little bit, <laughs> just too optimistic and upbeat here. But I, I believe in, I believe in people. Not like I believe in God. I, I believe in that most people, most Americans still have a hunger and desire for truth. Now, there's certainly not all. I mean, there are certainly people, and I think it's worth pointing out, that there are people who are absolutely content and fully intend on manipulating circumstances to politically you know, create a benefit for themselves, whether it's the people in power or it's uh, the people who are basically uh, getting their votes kind of together so that they can force people who have more than they have to pay for the things that they want by law. Whatever that, there's a percentage of that, and I get it. And a lot of those folks have lost their desire for truth. They just simply want things, and they they can't provide it for themselves or haven't found out a way, so they think, well, let's get together and vote and actually have people give us what we want because there's more of us than there are of them and that's why they talk about democracy because democracy is rule of the majority whereas a constitutional republic with democratic aspects as we certainly have 
gives the people the right to have a voice. We are self-governed, but we also have a thing called the Constitution that basically says that God gives certain people rights. And among those were life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The original version says life, liberty, and property. Ooh, now we now when you start talking about property, this is really where a lot of problems come because if I have a right to property, if I have a right to uh, keep the money I earn, this is a major problem for today's radical left. Few, Very, very few people will say there should be no taxes. People will just say that there are too many taxes, too much of a price tag on taxes. And so if we're pure democracy, as the left wants, us, wants you to believe, wants me to believe, then if the majority says that all the wealthy people pay all the taxes and all the people who are not in the wealthy group, whatever they determine that to be, get all the benefits, then that's what it is because democracy has spoken. But if there's a concept, constitutional right, that what's yours is yours, or um, you know, this, this notion of, of, of property and liberty and the freedom to do with yours as you will, it becomes problematic because you have rights even if the majority, the wealthy have rights even if the majority say you don't have them. Anyway, the people who are trying to overturn the system as a minority, most people have just been hoodwinked. Most people have been have fallen victim to the media's narrative. By the way, media personalities like tough guy Chris Cuomo, who's no longer employed at CNN because he was, again, doing things he shouldn't have been doing by helping, trying to help his brother, um, a member of the media trying to help his brother, a... a a state, a politician, a governor. Remember, a little over a year and a half ago, the left was clamoring to have Governor Andrew Cuomo replace Biden. There were some people that wanted him to be their presidential nominee or even their vice presidential nominee. He wrote a book about how to manage a crisis, in particular COVID. And now we've seen just how atrocious that is. And not only that, he's been caught in the effective uh, Me Too era and I don't mean that in some negative response way. I just mean he's he's literally been, you know, outed or or accused, and now he's facing the consequences. And likewise, tough guy Chris Cuomo, CNN so-called reporter, which he never was, by the way, did his best to protect his brother, which I understand wanting to protect your brother. But what he should have done, I told my wife this the other day, he should have just said, look, this is my brother – I have a personal interest in, you know, making sure he is protected. I want him, you know, I'm, I'm, even I'm consulting with him. I'm not going to talk about it on my show. I know I'm a journalist, but, you know, in full disclosure, we're not going to cover it. CNN can do whatever they want. They can cover it, but I'm going to stay out of this because I have a vested interest. That would have been much different than what we've got now, which is, of course, him denying it. Remember the whole uh, COVID thing where he was supposedly in his basement and he really wasn't the whole time? I mean, this guy is... A complete deceiver. And and really, that's a microcosm of why those two clowns are a microcosm of why Democrats are effective at manipulating people. Of course, the, the cover's been ripped off here, but still there are other people. There are other people ready to step in and to continue this, uh, continue this nonsense and to give them a voice uh, and, and to continue, continue to mislead and, and lie to people. Drive them down this road of a phony narrative and to deceive them from what they really want. That is why I have – I'm going to continue talking about this after the break. But 
it's because I know that people don't desire what the left is telling them. People are misled by the left. They trust these people like a Chris Cuomo, like a Andrew Cuomo. And for some reason, they have difficulty seeing those two folks are just one of, or two of many, that are doing the same exact thing. So anyway, quick timeout. Continue this when we get back. Sit tight back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So I think I think that most Americans are, in fact, hungering for truth. I think that Americans, again, look, we're, we're all sinners, and this Christmas season is a good time to, it's always a good time to recognize that, but that's the whole reason Jesus came to earth as a, uh, as a baby was to grow up and to fix that was to restore his relationship with humanity his not just humanity in general you and me individually give us that opportunity to to come back and to reconcile that through what he did on his life on earth which ended in his crucifixion and resurrection and of course he's coming back again but all that aside for just <clears throat> that that part is you know it's a good time it's a good time to uh, to recognize that that's that that's who we are. But I also believe, just as we're all sinners, I still believe that not everyone is completely lost. Uh, how do I say this? Uh, I don't think that people. I still think it's a minority of people who desire to use power and corruption to take advantage of certain uh, circumstances and, and people and to manipulate the system. I think most people are desiring there to be truth. They don't want the stuff that was uh, that, that came through with this Build Back Better, supposedly, agenda. They don't want what Biden's talking about. A lot of folks were misled as to why they were voting for Biden. They were really taught to hate Trump and to vote against him and taught that he was the danger. He was the fascist he was the person that was awful for this country they didn't support biden's vision biden's vision was never even on the ballot it was all about trump's hatred people didn't vote for this that's my that's why i have hope is because if it's presented in the right way and if truth is able to get out and that's a big if because of all the factors going on but that's why i have faith that's why i don't get dismayed about this Quick timeout. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I just think that this, all that, all that I've said is just goes to show how imperative it is that we take these opportunities that are before us to actually make to make persuasive, I'll say arguments, not yelling and screaming arguments, but logically sound arguments um explanations educate people i there's such a longing for this right now i've seen it i've seen it all over the place in fact maybe i should tell some stories of some of the things that i've personally experienced with with people and in this area but i think that there's a longing for this people know this isn't the way it's supposed to work people know that in 10 months or 11 months or whatever it is since you know the new president biden's come in this shouldn't be like this people understand that intuitively they really do and they've been forced to pay attention because of all the hysteria 
that's been placed in uh, that that's come out of the media since Trump's been president. And so here we are. Let's take advantage of it and let's do some persuading because people, most people want to hear truth. And that's what conservatism is. I got to go, folks. SCGC tomorrow. Take care.